Hey, welcome. You're listening to Everyday Enlightenment. I'm your host, Trisha Martin-Owen. And today we're going to be exploring how do we know what to do? I mean, it's a good one. She asks, when do we know to keep fighting? When do we know to turn the page? And how do we know the difference? Does all this information live in your gut or your heart? Or is it out there in the universe waiting for us to find and grasp? Is it... So how do we know what to do in those situations where we just feel exhausted or fed up or um, maybe even like a should, like you should keep doing something. And I'm going to start off this podcast by saying you always know what to do. And it's never outside of you. The answer is never outside of your heart. What stops us from believing that though is a couple of things, but the first one is that we don't believe we know. And then if we can jump that hurdle where we believe we know, perhaps we're too afraid to take action on what we know is right. And a lot of this comes back to cultural conditioning and um, familial conditioning and all sorts of things that we, um, all the unlearning training we went through as children and teenagers where it was very important to follow rules, to follow others' direction, to do what you're told, to be a good girl or boy, um, to do it well, to do it perfectly. This has all been programmed in our minds and are almost reactive. They're subconscious. We don't even recognize that this is how we make decisions and move forward in our life or that this is how our lives are colored. In other cultures, they have things like vision quests. Native American cultures, there's a vision quest. Or um, there's rites of passage that young men and women go through with other members of their community as a way to initiate them into thinking for themselves. And not only thinking for themselves, but having that be respected by the wider community. Respected, revered, and, and expected. And this is something that we're starting to see reemerge, um, not quite as drastically as going out and starving yourself for however long it takes for you to have a vision, but it's more about people taking responsibility for seeking and finding and knowing themselves on a deeper, more personal and integral level today in the here and now. If we're having a hard time figuring out in our minds what we need to do, because without really good mind control, mind 
mindfulness, mind training, we're, we're getting better at separating ourselves from our thoughts and noticing the attack thoughts or the thoughts that are trying to quote unquote protect us or are um, vestiges of the past, remnants left over from situations that kept us safe in the past, which no longer serve us, but in fact harm us. Um, as long as we are unaware of these pieces of the puzzle in our own minds, it's going to be very hard to use your mind to decide whether or not something is worth fighting for or it's a dead end. So the next step is to drop into your body. And your body will always know the answer. How do you feel? How do you truly feel? When I was doing a lot of work in... Um, mindfulness and figuring out my mind, um, trying to sort it out. And I still do this. Um, it's a practice. It's a very specific practice. I went through a period of time where I felt I couldn't trust my mind because there was a lot of things coming up that needed to come up for healing, but they weren't, um, necessarily about the present. They were things that had been deeply buried and needed voice in order to be released. However, they crept into my daily life at home here with my husband and with certain friends. And it, it became um, contentious for me because I, I, I knew it, it had nothing to do with... Um, these lovely people in my life at this t time right now. And I knew it was all my own stuff. And yet it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop the reaction. I couldn't stop the trigger. Once I noticed that about what I was doing, um, and, and what was happening, I was able to, um, when I sat in meditation or when I sat in mindfulness, I would really sink into my body and if any of these images or these scenarios would replay in my mind during meditation, I would use them as, um, uh, I would try to, uh, feel what was going on in my body as I was watching this, trying to stay detached instead of, um, creating another scenario or a what if, because that's really easy for our minds to do, especially when we're in meditation and what I found actually really surprised me. It, I, I discovered that I wasn't, in fact, under attack. <laughs> um, I didn't need to be defensive. I didn't need to uh, have my guard up as much as I believed I did because... I felt very, very attacked. Um, but what it was is it wasn't anything that was actually happening in the present. It was old wounds, old um, occurrences coming up ready for healing. 
And once I recognize that, because in my body, what would happen is my, I'd be watching these scenarios in um, meditation and, you know, my gut would kind of seize or I'd feel my hands, you know, kind of clench or my jaw, my jaw's a big um, the jaw, the human jaw is one of the place, one of the main places we hold stress. So if you feel yourself clenching your teeth, um, those are all signs. But my heart was open. I couldn't believe it. There was no tension around my heart. And that spoke volumes and you know when there's tension around your heart your chest kind of concaves in your breathing might get a little more shallow might feel like anxiety um and it was a huge wake-up call for me so when I recognized that I um started to go deeper into my mindfulness practice not just in meditation, but during my interactions with loved ones and started noticing immediately as things came up, as I was reacting to something that my partner was saying or, um, you know, anything like that. And I would notice, okay, I just had a huge... (laughs) reaction here but he's not saying anything to me that is mean or unkind or even unloving or defensive I mean he could basically be asking me hey could you go grab the newspaper off the driveway you know like it could be anything so simple or how was your day today you know or any any kind of conversation starter and that may or may not have um, triggered something. And so it was a really interesting exercise for me to recognize, okay, this isn't actually a problem in my relationship here. This is something deeper going on inside of me. And what then I discovered was that all this work I had been doing on vulnerability and opening myself to those closest to me um, was actually more uncomfortable than I was even consciously aware of. I mean, right? (laughs) Makes sense. Um, So that's, that's what I mean by we know We know when to fight the good fight and to keep going. And we also know when something is a dead end. When we come across something out there that really resonates with us, it's not because we don't have the answers inside of us. It's because that piece of information or that person has inspired the truth that already lives inside of you. And this is important because early on when 
those of us who are seeking deeper meaning and more understanding of life and love and the universe and ourselves and our souls, we tend to um, begin that journey by looking outwardly, by being guided, books, um, seminars, meditation groups, all of the things, all of the things. We, we go to silent retreats, we... We ask, we ask, we ask. And again, that a lot of that has been learned. Those are learned behaviors culturally. Um, there's nothing wrong with them. But at some point, um, we begin to learn to start thinking for ourselves and to feel it and just begin feeling for ourselves. And so those moments when we hear something that really lands for us, really lands right in the heart, so true, or that person seems to bring out the best in us, what we're really seeing in that person is ourselves. It's a reflection of ourselves. What we're really hearing in that truth is something that already lives inside of us. And these are important because they're teaching us how to tap into what's true inside of us, our integrity, our inner truth. But what can happen is that we can begin to rely on outside sources of information, believing that the answers are out there in the universe for us to grasp rather than within us, instead of using these opportunities of teachings that we're hearing that feel right and true for us as a way to become kind of a litmus test or a thermostat for what is true within ourselves. And so it's never beyond our control. What might be happening is that we are in a state of confusion because we haven't quite separated our thoughts from our true selves enough to be able to trust our hearts, trust what's already alive and within you. And yeah, that takes a little bit of practice, maybe lifetimes of practice, but that's okay. I mean, here you are, you are already here listening to this and in some way doing the work. I like to say there is no wrong way to do life. There isn't, there's just no wrong way to do it. We're always learning. And ultimately we are learning to understand the depth of our power and the expansiveness of our power. So in very, very basic, quick terms, let's break down what it looks like to begin to really separate your thoughts from who you are. In order to do this, we always need to sit quietly in the beginning. Just get quiet. 
focus on an object, a beautiful flower, your favorite piece of jewelry, I don't know, (laughs) a nice picture of someone that you love. Just focus on it and try to get your mind to settle down and have something to do, which is focus on the object in front of you. And as you're focusing on this object in front of you, you will notice these thoughts popcorning in the back of your mind, maybe fireworking in the back of your mind, just like popping up and there they are. There they are. They are so there. While you notice how you are trying to focus on the object in front of you. You, your will, your self is really honing in on that beautiful, loving thing in front of you. As you do that more, that is, um, that right there is the bridge between you and your thoughts. Because you'll notice that your all of your attention is trying to be focused on that picture of your beloved or that beautiful flower. And yet, you still got thoughts going on. What's up with that? What's up with that? It's because those thoughts are not you. They have been programmed. Your mind is like a computer and it's always going, always running. Thank God, too, otherwise we wouldn't be breathing or our hearts wouldn't be beating on their own. There's a lot of mechanisms that are automatic. And a lot of times things in our nervous systems and our minds become automatic unless they become recognized. The more that we recognize them, the more we're able to give space. And I'm not saying this happens overnight. And I'm not saying this happens in 10 years or 20 years or even in this lifetime. But it's a start. It's a start. And the next step after you have recognized, oh my gosh, there's all these thoughts going on, even though I'm really trying to focus on this beautiful bouquet in front of me. The next step is to love yourself, even amidst that struggle. Yeah, it's not working really well. It's the reason a lot of people give up on meditation because you know, we have in our society, in our culture, we have to meet the goal. We have to have the deadline in place. And if we haven't learned meditation and haven't reached awakening by the time we're 67 and we've, you know, been meditating all these years, forget about it. I mean, there's a lot of that, um, going on, but it's it's really important to stop and notice this 
going on, which is also part of our programming, which is also part of our thoughts, which is not us. And to extend love and compassion to those thoughts and to those parts of us who have, they ha- this, these things have kept us safe up until this point. Or they have worked at some point in our lives to make our lives better in some way. And that's an honorable thing. That's something to recognize and send compassion, gratitude, and love to. And last, sometimes we just got to breathe into the guilt. Guilt can be the precursor or the thin veil covering our shame. And these things are unbearable for us. They are the things that we hold against ourselves so deeply that by expressing them or unveiling them would mean certain death, according to our ego, but not necessarily. And so as you do this practice, be gentle with yourself because that guilt is going to surface. It's going to pop up. The shoulds, I should have known. I should have done this. I could have done that. Why can't I? All of these things. Be gentle. You're learning. You're doing great. And I'm so proud of you. Today we talked about how do we know what to do? How do we know when to keep fighting the good fight? Or is it really a dead end? How do we know how to reach deep inside and know our own truths? We talked about, is it out there in the universe or something that's beyond our control? No, absolutely not. But it might be part of our journey to understand that it's not beyond our control. We are in control of our own lives, our own minds, and our own destiny every given moment it's just a choice and it's just knowing that even in those moments when we feel like we don't we do we always have a choice within our own minds thank you so much for listening today i really appreciate you and your comments on itunes feel free to leave one it really helps others find these teachings and if you have any questions my email is always open at my website trishamartinowen.com and I look forward to hearing from you thank you so much and namaste